And now. And now, introducing the one, the only. Now let me introduce to you. Lively talk with successful people, barely filtered. This is the Jenna Ben Show. All right, all right. Thank you so much for tuning into the Jenna Ben Show, guys. I'm your host, Jenna Benemy, and with us today, I have Super Baddie UFC number seven flyweight with the record of 19-2 with multiple championships and awards from kickboxing, boxing, Scottish Thai boxing, karate, and of course, the highly coveted UFC Fight of the Night Award. Welcome, Jojo Calderwood. How you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me on. I'm so glad to have you on. I've seen a few of your interviews and you're so cute. And the things that you say are just like so funny and natural. And I love an authentic person. So I'm glad that your manager, Danny, made it happen. Awesome. Yeah, he tried to make it happen. And uh, today I had a hair appointment and he's like trying to get this organized. And I was like, no, you don't understand. And he's like, you're going to be in the hairdressers for four or five hours. And I'm like, yeah. You don't understand because you don't have to do this girl crap. <laughs> I, I can only imagine you probably do color too, right? Yeah, but I've, this is the first time I've done it in maybe a year. It's like my roots were down to here. You should have seen the before picture. She, she's like, can I take a before picture? And I'm like, yeah, sure. As long as you don't tag me in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I'm so glad to have you on. Originally from Scotland and now uh, you're living and fighting out of Las Vegas. Um, talk to me about COVID living. Obviously, you know, everything's gone amok with our appearances, <laughs> but, um, but how has it been? Like, what has changed for you? Uh, you know, probably what's changed the most is that now we have a gym in our house, which we probably should have had anyway. And <laughs> uh, that, at first I was like, eh, I don't know, this is kind of wasting money, like, cause I've got access to the UFCPI and um, my fiance owns a gym, but we were, it was a good move. And now like I can get an extra workout. So that's changed. Like I've added in things and I can do more rehab and I'm more uh, kind of disciplined to go in there more often and get the extra work and next not like I'm doing anything crazy but I mean even just the recovery is great for going in there and making myself foam roll and feel like I'm at the gym kind of thing I'm not at the house and being lazy that's so cool you know one thing I admire most about you fighters is that you um you're so disciplined physically you know like I can do a lot with work but when it comes to like getting my workouts in and going to the gym, I'm like, eh, I'll take care of this work. It's more important, you know, but, but that is your work. And so, you know, you put in a lot, obviously, to achieve a record of 19-2. I mean, you're busting your button there. Yeah, especially when you come home, you feel like, oh, I can just rest now. So, but the work's kind of not, it's never ending. So it's good for that. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It's different for everyone, but uh, I'm sure that's why you're so good at what you do. And uh, <laughs> I try to be good at what I'm doing because of discipline. Yeah, amazing. Um, okay, so COVID, have you learned anything about yourself or picked up any new habits other than working out? Other than being okay with my hair being a mess? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've just... 
learned to kind of rest more because I've seen the benefits from not being at the gym at the start, you know, when we were in lockdown and we couldn't mm -hmm. go to the gym. And I was still training, but I was probably more recovered and more uh, resting and, you know, kind of lazing by the pool and working on my tan, but I was still resting my body. So I feel like that I've benefited and realized now that, you know, I, I do have to work on being able to, because fighters, we don't want to take a day off. And if we take a session off, we like beat ourselves up for the rest of the day. And that's kind of the vicious circle. But I've saw the benefits and now being back and, and having access to the gym, I've noticed that I definitely need to kind of listen to the people at the UFCPI and you know <laughs> they know what they're talking about and I'm seeing the results. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Okay. So here on the Jenna Ben show, we talk about my guest stories, you know, give a chance to let the listeners get to know you basically the woman behind the fighter. Um, and then I'm going to get some insights from you on the fight industry. And, um, I'm actually really curious to see who you're close with of the people who have been on the show, but we'll get into that. First, I want to know, I've seen some of your interviews where you're more energetic and then I've seen you be more laid back, but I think there's like a, a wild child in you maybe somewhere. <laughs> what were you like as a kid? Uh, wild child as in, you know, I had this switch and I think that's why Muay Thai clicked with me so, so well, because I had this like frustration inside me and just I could snap at any time and not in a bad way I'm not saying that I was like going out attacking people but I just had this I could uh this energy inside me that it could turn on when it probably when it needed but at that time when I didn't know how to control it mm, but it was never okay. anything to do with my family it was an automatic switch I was like Okay, the crazy, the crazy biatch is here. <laughs> That's why I'm so protective over my loved ones. I don't, I yeah. don't know as it's just, it's always been there. You know, what's interesting to me is I look at you and you're very soft spoken and you look so sweet, like total girl next door, but you could kill someone, you know? <laughs> I, I think that's so cool. Like I, I love female baddies, you know, and I, that's, I'm actually starting to get more female fighters on the show because I respect what you guys do so much and maybe I can get some tips. You know, I got all these male fighters wanting to train me, but you know, <laughs> I think it'd be cool to learn some stuff from you guys. The girls are definitely more vicious than the guys, I think. <laughs> all right. So you started MMA by accident at the age of 13. Tell us that story. So I was just going along, well, my mom asked me to go along with my brother because he was going to a Muay Thai class and his friend didn't, was like, oh, I can't do it or something. So mom's like, can you go along with him just to keep him company? And I was like, sure. And because uh, I had just, I was competing as a swimmer and uh, I was kind of getting bored of that and looking for something else. And I went along that first class and just got the bug straight away. And it was just me and him that were the kind of kids in the, the adult class because we were too old for the kids' kids. And then we were like, and so we were in between. So it ended up really good. And uh, he kind of fell away from it. But I just, anything I could do, I was like, please just let me train because I loved it. And then 
yeah, here I am now. <laughs> I'm like, it's a distant memory now, but a good one. <laughs> okay, what did mom have to say when you were like, listen, I really, I want to do this as a career? She, I mean, when I, probably the turning point was when I was like, mom, I'm going to give up my, like I used to work as a nursing assistant in 12-hour shifts, good pay at the time and uh, I was like yeah I'm gonna give that up and work in the gym for like minimum wage and she's <laughs> like you're what I was like yeah I think it's it's gonna work out good and it did like I saved so much money and I just was smarter with my money and the time and because I was doing 12-hour shifts and then training before and after so it was just catching up with me and I, I'm glad I made that decision but yeah she was like eh. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea, but she supported my decision and uh, she was more kind of, you have to be secure and with money and that kind of thing, but it worked out, out in the end and uh, it, it was a good choice then. Mm. Okay. So when you were in high school, I mean, you started at 13, so by the time you got to high school, you're already kind of, you know, an established badass. Were the boys intimidated by you? Uh, to be honest, looking back at it, I wasn't someone that went around and says, oh, I'm training. I'm pretty quiet as a person and I'm not really put myself out there. So to be honest, I don't think a lot of people probably knew that I did train and uh, it wasn't till I had my first professional fight and that was when I left school. I was 18, but like my close friends knew and they thought it was pretty cool and uh, luckily it wasn't a target or they weren't like, Jojo, jump in for me. So <laughs> try to stay out of trouble as much as possible. But yeah, a lot of people, I'd get people hit me up now like, oh man, I went to school with you and I didn't know you were, this is what you'd done and that kind of thing. So it, it's pretty cool when I read things like that. It's best to kind of go under the radar. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I forget that when when we grew up, um, there wasn't Instagram and there wasn't Twitter and, and like, you know, yeah, Facebook was a thing, but it wasn't a thing. Like now all you have to do is go to someone's Instagram page and you can learn a lot about them in a few minutes. Yeah, I so. remember it used to be the newspaper. Like I would be <laughs> in the back of the local newspaper and that's probably like, and it was more so my mom's uh, friends that would say, oh, I saw your daughter in the that's pretty good. She done so-and-so and, -so and I was, that's how you would find out that. So if you read the newspaper when you were that young, <laughs> that was your news. So funny. Um, okay. So then you've done all this training from 13 to 26 and then fast forward, um, you entered tough, the ultimate fighter in 2013, you were age 26. Now that must've been a huge moment for you. What was it like when you got that casting call? To be honest, Shannon called me and told me about it. And I was like, no, I can't do this. No way. Like this. And because I had just, I had fought four times for Invicta or I had maybe done three and then I had one coming up and she was like, basically tell me the next step was that I would be going into the tough. And she was like, Jojo, you'll be great. And because reality for me is just, ah, I just want to stand in the corner and not be noticed. 
but she's like, this is going to be great. And you know, if you don't like it, there's always, you can come back to us. So she was, that moment there was great because she's such a powerful woman and she really, if it wasn't for her, wouldn't have been in that position actually. So uh, yeah, it was exciting, but very nerve wracking because I, I also knew the girls, half of the girls that I would be in with, I already knew their characters and their typical American girls, like loud yeah. and uh, people like I would not probably be around. Like, I, you know, I just, yeah, like, yeah it's cool. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great experience and I do look back on it. Like that was pretty cool that I managed and I managed, I survived it and I got through it. Well, you didn't just get through it. I mean, you got to the semifinals and you happened to get a $25,000 bonus um, and you walked away with a UFC contract. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Pretty, that's yeah, pretty that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so then you get this contract and... I mean, it's a little bit different than when, than for the fighters who just get the call out of the blue and then they have to fight on two weeks notice. You know, you kind of knew, I'm sure, that it was coming, right? Yeah. Do you mean like then once I was in the UFC or before I was yeah, in like, the UFC? Yeah, like when you're in tough and then, and then, you know, you and a bunch of other women were offered contracts. But... Um, but for the most part, I talked to the guys and they describe it like, yeah, I already knew I was going to get the contract even though I didn't win. So was it like that for you? Uh, I felt like I'd done, because I went in and I was quite high up in the, their kind of the seeding order. And I thought I'd done, I, apparently everyone says that they loved me on the show so I was kind of a little bit excited that I'd done a good job even though I was just being myself so I kind of and then obviously getting the fight of the season with Rose so that was good and I, I didn't quite know that I was getting a contract but I knew it was going to be a, a good kind of moving forward with the UFC. Maverick, you want to come say hi? Oh, he's just left. <laughs> I saw he's his little back. hand. <laughs> he's, he, I told him, I picked him up from school and I says, oh, we have to hurry. I've got an interview. And he's like, you've got another interview. I can remember all then, because uh, in quarantine, he would, I would do some stuff and he would want to be there like because he's there so, so he's yeah. like can I be there so he's learned about interviews and he kind of like he's he's pretty good he's probably better than me <laughs> but he likes to be in, in, involved well he can certainly be involved let's get him on when he comes back in the room all right okay so uh all right so what was a bigger moment for you when you got the well sounds like you were kind of more intimidated when you got the tough call versus the UFC contract. But you tell me, what was a bigger moment? Uh, so you're like questioning me. Well, you're kind of, I'm like questioning myself. Did I already have a contract? I think we, they, they got eight girls from the Invict, 
and for Invicta and they basically told us that we would be in the UFC. So we didn't have to, our season, this is terrible, but this, <laughs> uh, our season, I think we were already like guaranteed to be in the UFC. We didn't have to fight to get on, to get a contract, if you know what I mean. We were basically, we had to do the show and then we get we got into the UFC. I could That's be so wrong. Cool. And I'm sure that I should know that, but it was so long ago, but. Yeah, that <laughs> I was so we long already ago. had contracts. So I think we, our jobs were secure unless we got, we got cut or anything, we got in trouble. Yeah. You know, you're so lovable. I'm already like feeling, you're just so sweet. And it's this dichotomy, right? Because you're so sweet, but you're like a killer. I love it. <laughs> okay, so it's a great mix. Um, all right, so you were supposed to fight Valentina Shevchenko for the title in June of this year, and then she pulled out due to an injury. I mean, sometimes we read this stuff, and it's always due to an injury in the media. You know, we never get the full story, but... Um, now you have a fight scheduled with um, Jessica I in January. So I'm curious, like, what happened there and, and how are you feeling? I'm asking you 62 questions all at once. So, so let's start with how did you feel about potentially going up for the title when, when you thought, you know, you had that fight? I was really excited, but it kind of... So I was kind of... Not a people, not a lot of people took this into consideration. I was the kind of backup for Caitlin and Valentina, and so I was kind of training for that. And then they both fought, so that was fine. And then I kind of had to wait around till Valentina was ready. So I was kind of at that weird spot of being on the shelf but not being injured or anything, being in a good spot. But for me, I'm a fighter and I like to just stay active. I like to fight, fight, fight. And so I was kind of excited to be at this place, but also I was like, part of me, I joined the UFC because I wanted to fight and fight the best. So I was kind of like excited, but inactive without, without an injury, I was, kind of at my wit's end. So that kind of played a toll on my mental side, I think, because I wasn't, I hadn't been active. And then we found out that it was going to get postponed and then it was getting postponed again. So by the second time we were like, okay, we want to take a fight because we don't want to be fighting the best girl in the, cat, the weight category, uh, being at, inactive for a year. So- right. We took that decision and it didn't go our way because I got arm barred in the first round. But at the same time, I'm, I'm just, it is what it is and we have to move on. And now I have another fight. So, and that, and Valentina's still not fought. So, I'm just seeing it as, even though <laughs> it was a terrible experience losing and I got pretty bad injury from it. but we're moving on and we're on to the next fight and no one remembers your your last fight just your next fight okay yeah wow i mean the roller coaster it's like you were so close 
you know, and I understand and I, you know, I have a background in psychology, so I'm always intrigued by the, um, the emotions that go into, you know, all of this. It's like everyone expects you guys to be so tough and for things to just roll off your backs, but you're human just like me, just like the next person. And you were so close to what every single person in the fight game is going after. You wanted that title and that belt and then it didn't happen. And then, and then, you know, but listen, this is life, right? And we, there's always like ebbs and flows and, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think you're going to do great and get back out there. And, and is there a reason why, um, any strategy behind, uh, picking Jessica? I No, actually you, um, we were actually scared or we weren't scheduled, but I, after, um, before we got we said, they told us, Valentina, I was like, okay, let's fight Jess Guy. Uh, and we had a kind of partial agreement on the UFC PI car park because she had just fought and she just had a couple of stitches under her eye, if I remember correctly. It wasn't the Valentina because that one she got knocked out. So maybe the one after that. And anyway, I, hadn't, I didn't have a fight and I was just trying to... <laughs> matchmake on my own <laughs> and at the time she just fought so I was like you want to do it and she was like let's do it kind of thing but then I think I got scheduled or UFC told me no you're gonna be the alternate for Valentina and then next it was okay you're fighting Valentina so it didn't happen and now it's happening I'm, I'm glad of it because I'm looking forward to fighting her. Okay. I'm looking forward to that too. Now you fought Cynthia Calvillo a while back and you guys share a manager, Danny Ruby. I'm always like intrigued by the politics behind the scenes. Is it weird to share a manager with an opponent or not at all? Well, we fought when uh, it's strawy and I wasn't managed by Danny. But now, I mean, Roxanne, my training partner, who is also in the flyweight division, she's managed by Danny. So he does have a few flyweights. And I think it's more on him. I don't, I don't worry <laughs> about it. I'm not the jealous uh, get girl fighter that, oh, my manager is managing all these <laughs> other girls. I'm not like that. So... Yeah, that's on him. It's more probably more stress and more hassle for him, I'm sure. Okay, so are there, um, is there anyone in your division that you're super close with that you feel is off limits that you wouldn't want to fight? And I've talked to Uriah Hall about this and there's a few guys, you know, right? It's sometimes it's tough because of your relationships. Yeah, I know. And especially as business, you kind of, you don't really have a pool of who you get to fight and who you don't. But for sure, I would hope they would take in consideration that me and Roxanne train with each other and I would not like to fight her because I do it on a daily and it's fun and we get on really well. So, But I'm sure me and her, we would, if push comes to shove, we would do it, but we do it every day. So I think we both feel like we wouldn't like to do it. But yeah, it's good way we get paid. We both get paid, right? We're doing it every yeah. day and we're not getting paid. 
I know. I was kind of thinking like, well, I guess if you're really close with the person, you could have like a gentleman's agreement where it's like, okay, we just got to get this out the way. You bring your best. I bring my best. Nothing is personal. And then you just hug it out in the end. Yeah. And you share, you have the win bonus. Yeah. <laughs> that would be good too. That would be really good. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Very fair. Um, okay. So in one of your posts on Instagram, you had your head down and then you wrote, sometimes you wake up feeling great and sometimes it's a struggle. And, um, you know, that was shortly after your, your last fight, um, where you got one of your two losses. So I'm sure being in your position, it's, you know, like it's great to win so much, but then when you lose, it must feel really heavy. Um, what was going on in your mind when you wrote that? I just, I feel like, and this is in life in general, you know, there's so many days that you have good days, but then sometimes you do wake up and it's a bad day. And for fighting, that's really hard because we have all these training, we train three, four hours a day. And if one of those days are bad, then it's okay, we've got tomorrow. But if one of those days are bad and you have a fight scheduled and you wake up and, I don't know, just crap's not there, then it's a bad day at the office for you. So that's hard. And But I'm old now and I've realised that that's just the way life goes. So it's very much up and down, up and down all the time. And uh, as long as you don't kind of beat yourself up too much you just get on to the next day which is hopefully going to be a good day by then yeah could always be a lot worse it could definitely and and you have such a lovely family unit um you which i'm going to get to a little bit later but now i love that you're so in tune with your emotions and you're comfortable talking about them because something i like to dig into is hey mav (laughs) <laughs> as he something. as you say that he comes in and he thinks there's something wrong <laughs> that's so sweet yeah. so you got two supportive men in your life <laughs> so okay so now fighting is highly psychological and it starts before the cage um mm-hmm. obviously we live in a time where social media makes everyone accessible and you know there's people out there that like to voice their opinions with very little information and it puts a lot of pressure. And I think pressure is like the key factor in all of this. And it's sort of navigating that pressure and um, working on how to channel that pressure for good. Um, So I wanna understand from you, break down the differences psychologically and emotionally between winning and losing a fight. So all of those thoughts don't really come to me when I'm like, walking into the the octagon it's more so when during fight camp and i'm pretty sure this is probably the same for every fighter you know and if you don't deal with them at the start then they go into your kind of subconscious mind and if you've not dealt with those thoughts and feelings which are all normal then it goes into your subconscious and it comes out when when you're actually in there trying to be in the zone and just uh, being in the moment. So I feel like for me, that's the biggest thing, like dealing with the, the 
and that's it's natural for you because you're doing a big thing like what you're saying like there's a lot of people that you're trying to uh, make proud you know family I've got Scotland behind me you know and you you want to do good for them so there's a lot on your usually a lot on your plate and that's normal but yeah it's so it's normal to come but you just have to deal with it and I'm still learning how to do all this <laughs> and it's hard and but it's part of the journey and I'm enjoying learning about myself and having to deal with these little things that come in to test you and to make sure you're strong enough yeah. So what are your practices? I've talked to some fighters about sports psychologists. Um, you know, there's a lot of meditation. There's a lot of, um, like, uh, role playing for lack of a better term, just kind of like, you know, visualization yeah. and, and putting yourself in that position. And, and like you said, dealing with it beforehand. So what do you do? Yeah, definitely a lot of visualization. I saw, I saw a sports site for this year, during quarantine, which was good. He gave me some good pointers. But to be honest, like <laughs> when I was seeing him, it was making me even more nervous because then I was like being made more aware of. And then I was putting myself in those positions because he wanted me to tell him where I get nervous and all these kind of like the, 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 the details. And so now I'm like, I feel like I had, I got enough from him and I'm going to take what I'm, I want to use in the future and then go with that and, and uh, see how I get on. Because I definitely don't want to see someone every week because I felt like it was more, it was, it was good at the start, but then towards the end, I was like, geez, I'm just making myself nervous thinking of these positions, being in these positions. And I really don't want to think about the fight this far out. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I've, no one's ever said that before, but I totally feel that, you know, um, if you're open, I'd love to connect you with my past guest, uh, Haim Gozali. He is like the guy that brought MMA to Israel and his son is a fighter in Bellator undefeated, like total beast. And what he's working on now is basically just kind of talking to fighters about the hard stuff the behind the scenes, but he's so cool. And he's like, he's covered in tats and he's just kind of this, like, I don't know. I just see him as this like really down to earth, funny, just, you know, guy who's been through it and is so real and willing to talk about it. Who knows? Maybe you guys would have a good conversation. Yeah. Awesome. I'd like that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, okay. And then now losing, um, I've been, I've never fought, right. But I've been in the position where I've been surrounded by an audience and <laughs> I had the worst performance anxiety and um, I couldn't breathe. Like my heart was racing so much. I probably was having a panic attack and then I forgot everything I was supposed to say and it was a disaster and I did better as then I progressed. So like when it counted, I performed, but I was so hard on myself that I drove home with like my hands on 10 and two, no music for an hour. And I was like, wanting to crawl out of my skin because I felt so uncomfortable with what just happened. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> to me, that's like the closest way that I can empathize and relate to what you guys go through when you lose. Does any of that sound familiar to you? Yeah, the biggest thing for me, and I remember it in my last fight, and the fight with 
uh, rose actually in the house and I had this outer body experience where I was like outside looking in and it was like I could see everything that was going on and like like take my last fight I've been in that position so many times I know how to defend an armbar and it was just like almost slow motion and just me outside looking in and it, and it happened on the show with Rose as well and not when I was getting she came over me but in the first round I just remember just I think I was in her guard and I was just outside it so weird that it I, I've so heard of this stupid saying that out loud but that's what it was like and it's a crazy feeling and then you kind of yeah you look back on it and you're like wow that's kind of strange <laughs> thing to go through but yeah. I yeah, wow. Okay, so like that, that. <laughs> uh, that's never happened to me before. And I've always wanted to understand that, you know, studying psychology, like you hear of this and then, and it comes up in, in extremely stressful situations. And I think, I mean, it's been years since I've studied this, but I think that that's, that's our way of kind of protecting ourselves in the situation when we're under extreme stress. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but you made it out and uh, and you're coping, so yeah. so that's but good. I, I, I have like what you were just saying there. I have been on like UFC do like uh, kind of Q and A's and stuff, things like that. And I'll be on stage like with the microphone and be like, you know, sometimes you just say stupid stuff and then you go you go back to your car. And yeah. Home and you're like, oh geez, I should have said this. And why did you say that? And <laughs> and you like. Uh, you just want to sit in silence and be like, beat yourself up. <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly what I feel. Um, yes. Uh, hey, if you ever have any of those with me today, we can edit it out. So <laughs> I don't want you feeling bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I'm curious now, uh, I'm learning a little bit about, and I'm sure as I interview more women, I'm gonna think of more questions that I wanna ask the women specifically, but one thing that kind of came to mind is, as a female fighter, are there any challenges for you that are different than for the men? For sure. I mean, walking into a gym is the first major, biggest thing ever. I've managed to train, luckily, and like, I've been to a few gyms and that's the biggest thing because you walk in as a professional fighter and they're just kind of, there's guys on the mat just looking at you like you're the, like a piece of meat or, oh, who's the new girl kind of thing like that. And that's the biggest thing for me that I've noticed going to different gyms and you kind of almost have to earn their respect. Like, no, I'm not here to fool around. I'm here to train and beat your ass. Wow. I think. That's, it's so interesting. Even at your level now, you feel like you still almost have to earn their respect now being number seven yeah. in the UFC. Yeah, obviously not now. Cause I feel like everyone knows them and I have a fiance and he would, that would not go <laughs> good for them. Uh, but yeah. I mean, I can remember being at TriStar in Montreal and this guy, I wasn't wearing any UFC, but I was a UFC fighter at the time. And I was just wearing 
probably looked like I was going yoga or something, but I'm not like, I don't dress in UFC and all the gear. I just dress whatever's comfortable. And I remember he didn't have someone to go with and I said, you want to do a round? And it's sparring. And he just like looked me up and down and was like, uh, and he was like looking around and then Faraz, the, the coach, he was like, go with Jojo. And then we ended up going. And then after it, he was like, oh, wow, like, uh, I didn't realize you're a fighter and you're so good. And I was like, yeah, don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. So, yeah. That must have been a nice moment. I yeah. like those moments in it life. <laughs> and it is a good moment when you prove yourself months later and you're still there and you're still, and you're doing what everyone else is doing, everyone else talking about, all, mostly men. So it, it is always good, kind of satisfying moment. Do the women make as much as the men? I don't think so. For sure, no. Mm. You know, when they used to give out the purses, I didn't pay attention to that because I knew I would be hurt. Even like if it was another girl earning more than me, I'd be like, oh, yes. why is she getting more? And But that's the business we're in and uh, I'm happy where I am now. Obviously more money is, is a bonus and good, but right now I'm happy, I'm content. I love the what UFC has done with the Performance Institute. That's like, it's really good for me, I feel, and I would be just happy with that because <laughs> they provide me with so much. Yeah, it's so cool what they give you guys. I mean, you can go and get, my understanding is that you can go and get like any treatment you want at any time, whether it's like, I don't know, cryotherapy or like a massage <laughs> or whatever, physical therapy, whatever you need. There's, and then food, which mm -hmm. is my love language. <laughs> And, you know, like, and then you get all of these sponsorships just by virtue of being associated with them, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty yeah. cool. And strength and conditioning. And the thing is, these guys that work for the Performance Institute are the best that you'll come across. And they don't want, they don't expect anything back from you. You know, through the, the journey of my journey in the MMA, it's always been, oh, but you... Remember this time I done that for you, you now owe me, or uh, I have to be in your corner. These guys are the best, the top people that you could ask for, and they don't ask you for nothing. They just want to see you do good. And it's so good to get to that and get that treatment. Yes, I understand that feeling. It's like it's really about the job. You're a true yeah. professional, and um, that's great. That is really cool. Um, okay, so most of your fights go the distance. You've won a lot by decision and then by knockout, and then most of your losses are by submission. So um, looking at this alone and your fight history, you're stronger on your feet. Is that fair mm -hmm. to say? Yeah, that's my background, but I feel like I'm getting, I'm much better. I'm more well-rounded than people think. Just obviously my last fight, I got submitted, but crap happens uh, I'm yeah. actually pretty confident all around but yeah my record would say and of course it would because that's I've been doing Muay Thai for 20 years now so you would think it would be it would be that way yeah 
Yeah, that makes sense. I know I'm looking at all of your, uh, you know, kickboxing, boxing, all of it. I mean, you're on your feet. Yeah. Um, all right. What is your favorite fight so far? Like if there's one fight that you're most proud of or that maybe you felt the best about, like you enjoyed the win just that much more, what was it? Probably the Courtney Casey fight in Glasgow. The first time UFC came to Glasgow, it was a surreal moment for me. And also the fight, because I can remember, I was still in the, oh my gosh, this is amazing. They were taking the roof off, the fans, and then, the first 30 seconds, Courtney landed a really good right hand and I was like, I kind of woke up against the cage, like, wait a minute, are we not supposed to touch gloves? How did we end up in this position? <laughs> and then, so watching, watching it back, it's pretty not funny. And then just, I just went out there and it was like, I just went out there swinging and I just, it was so good because there was a few things that happened before and I didn't think that I would get to that moment. And then I got there and I just was loving it. And I was just swinging and everyone was going crazy. My whole family were there and it was just a really cool moment. Those hometown fights, man, those are, I mean, those are at the top for most fighters. Yes. And you made your, I mean, you made everyone proud. And so, yeah, I can understand that one. Now, conversely, um, what's one fight that you would do over again if you could? Hmm. Well, John just made a funny face. Uh, probably my last fight. Is that what you're? Yeah. <laughs> He's agreeing. <laughs> yeah, probably the last fight. And is that because of um, you feel like it kind of reoriented your position now um, with your potential title fight? Or is there something else about that fight? No, that part doesn't really bother me because the flyweight division, I feel like you can go out and get two wins and then you'll be in the mix. Uh, for me, it's just, it was silly for me to do, to take a fight like that on two weeks notice. And me and John had just been in quarantine for two weeks and we were trying to see it as a blessing in disguise, like, oh man, the UFC comes straight back the day after with a fight, after we said that we weren't going to wait for Valentina. We saw it as, okay, it's a blessing in disguise, but it wasn't probably smart now looking out, but you know what? It happened and it was supposed to happen. It is what it is and yeah, but in hindsight, yeah. no. Yeah. No, I understand it. You're taking it like a champ, right? But at the same time, you're like, if I had a, a magic genie in front of me, then, you know, yeah. then yeah. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I get I, that. I, I'm glad I got some money behind me. Uh, I can put money towards my, to finally paying off my Jeep. And then me and my fiance, we just bought a house on March. So the, this is all good things. You know, you're not earning when you're not fighting. So Yes. Uh, there's a lot of, even though there's a lot of pros and cons to taking that fight. If it were up to you, how many fights would you take a year? Three or four. Okay. And um, what would you be doing if, if not fighting? Like, what do you think your career would be? Jeez. 
I wanted to be a paramedic when I was younger. So probably, probably would have went to a university, college, university, and then done that maybe. But to be honest, just from a very young age, as soon as I found this, I knew I was just going to be in job. And that I was just job after job, skipping jobs just to pay for training and uh, paying for my gas to uh, training. So I think I would, and because that made me happy, you know, I wasn't someone that wanted to have a career or anything. I just found something that I loved and I just wanted to dedicate and to be there because it made me happy and it made me forget about everything else, all the other worries. <laughs> yeah. It's so fascinating to me. You guys, you know, when I talk to people who aren't in the fight world about like some of them just ask me, like, why do these guys do it? Do they make a lot of money? And I'm like, honestly, no, most of them don't. You know, uh, there's like a select few that make a lot of money, mm -hmm. um, but the rest are kind of just making enough to really like survive. Um, and then when I think about why you guys do it, I'm like, is it because you just started at a young age and then you realize you're good at this and you enjoy fighting and then you get accepted into the UFC and then you're like, okay, well now I want to go after that belt. And you feel like that belt is like, you can't turn back now you're already in. So you're like, you know, for the poker players out there, you're pot committed mm -hmm. and now you can't turn back. You just got to keep going. Is that kind of, would that describe it? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people just get in this to, you know, get fitter. And for me, it was, a good de-stress. Uh, I feel like a lot of people get in this as a hobby and then it just turns into, yeah. okay, we're now doing this, as, this is our life. And that just shows you that you've found something that clicks and it works for you and it makes you happy and, and you love it. And that's what everyone tells you out there to do, you know, enjoy what you do and love what you do. And, that's what you should be doing. You know, you shouldn't be going to a nine to five that you hate getting up in the morning to do. You know, yeah. I, I've been there and I've had to do it, but at the same time, do that till you find what clicks for you and what you love, what you do love, what you love to do and find that and then let that kill you. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Okay, so plans for the next however many years. I, I talk to fighters and some of them have like a firm cutoff that's like, by the time I'm this age, how will you know when it's time to uh, throw in the towel? For me, it was 35. I, I kind of wanted to start having kids when I was 35, which is not going to happen. God's, this is not God's plan anymore because, or my <laughs> plan anymore because I'm 35 next month and I, I've already got my... <laughs> fight books so I think maybe another year or two I definitely want to fight because I, I don't feel like I want to take time off and have kids and then come back I feel like yeah. once I have kids then I'm still going to train but I'm probably not going to come back to fighting okay interesting okay so what will you do oh so be full-time mom still train and help out at the gym because uh, yeah. obviously John owns the gym, so I still want to be part of the team. I still want to be training and helping out as much as I can with that. 
right now it's hard because you're concentrating on your career. So I'm looking forward to after my career is done and helping other people out and helping John with the gym. That's so sweet. Okay. Um, with kids running around who will be involved in the gym. <laughs> no, I love it. It's like the whole farm mentality. Everyone's got a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many kids do you want? Maybe another two. <laughs> okay. I love it. That's so cute. I actually, uh, I scrolled through your Instagram to see, uh, if, if Maverick was, if you had birthed Maverick and yeah. I was look, looking for pregnancy photos and then I'm like, oh, okay, she didn't, she didn't take any time off of fighting, but, um, but you know, you've already got a beautiful son and, and you're ready for some more. Let's, um, can we invite John on the show? Yep. John, you'll probably get junior as well. Probably. Yeah. You want, bring junior. You want me to leave? No, no, no. <laughs> I want you to be part of it. Sure. Squeeze in there, John. Sure. You want to sit on the chair? <laughs> he says he can't sit on the same chair. <laughs> Welcome. All right. This is the fiance. This is the man in your life. I love it. Okay. Um, so John, what's what's the scoop with this one? What is her best quality? Put uh, <laughs> them on the spot right away. Sandwiches. <laughs> Her sandwich making is amazing. What kind of sandwiches? Because I'm any a foodie. Kind of peanut butter, jelly, okay. ham sandwiches, <laughs> any any kind of sandwich. No, uh, they are good, but no, that's not her best ability. Um, best, are we talking fighting just overall? What? Yeah, do you want to picture the fiance? Yeah, which way are we talking here? Let's start with the fiance because I'm, you know, the girl in me wants to talk about like, oh, you guys are so cute. Let's talk about that. And then I'm going to get the coach involved. So personally, what made you fall for this one? Um, just, you know, I, I, I had seen her on the uh, Ultimate Fighter when she was on the Ultimate Fighter and I thought she was, she was pretty cute then. So I was kind of like, you know, I noticed back then. And then when I found out she's kind of the gym, I was like, oh, yeah, she's still pretty cute. Um, but, uh, no, just getting to know her, man. She's, she's one of the, like, she's amazing here, you know, for, for, for me and Maverick, like I couldn't ask for a better person, you know, um, honestly, she busts her butt all day in, in training and, and works harder than anybody I know. And then comes home, you know, cooks, cleans, takes care of us. Everything is all, I mean, she's just a kind, caring, giving person. Um, just probably one of the sweetest people I've you know, ever met and, and one of the most caring and giving people I've ever met. So uh, we've got it, you know, me and Matt have got it pretty cushy over here now. So it's nice all around, <laughs> all around everything, just loving, sweet. We have fun. We laugh, like just have, a, just have a good relationship. You know, it's just a solid, a solid home life. And then, you know, the way she is with, with Maverick and the way that Maverick has taken to her, you know, it's, that's not an easy situ situation to walk into with someone at the, yeah. you know, with the young son and, they bonded right off the bat. And so it's been, it's been a really, really cool situation. So now John, are you Jojo's coach at the gym? Like, do yes. you train her? I do. That's I kind do. of a hot situation guys. <laughs> it's interesting. Now, you know, we keep a pretty good, um, we, we keep it pretty, pretty even as far as like when we leave the house, go to the gym, you know, obviously there's that relationship that we have here, but when it comes to times of coaching and, and 
and doing the work. Um, she's pretty good about letting me do that. I'm pretty good about, you know, keeping our home life and our gym life separate. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, I think that's the only way that this would work. And, you know, and obviously just like anything else, there's, there's times where, you know, if we're irritated with each other that, that, that you know, we get irritated on <laughs> when we're working, but we work through it. So it's maybe it happened like once or twice. Yeah. I think it's, 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 uh, you know, there's, there's been a couple of times. I think we had one on one film, actually, we were filming a pad round. <laughs> uh, Sarah Kaufman was actually filming around for it. I think it's only happened when Sarah Kaufman's here and Sarah Kaufman's filming us <laughs> that we've actually had meltdowns. Yeah. She, uh, we were holding pads and, and uh, I was holding pads for her and, and she hit me. Or no, I went back and I had nice soft puffy mitts on and I, she did something wrong and she got mad at me and dropped her hands and came at me to like, to, to club me. And I'm a counterfighter, so I gave her a nice little smack in the face before she could get there with my pad. And then it was okay. a huge meltdown in the cage, and she threw gloves off. I threw my my pads down, stormed off. And at the time, we had a you know twenty thousand square foot gym, so it took me a time to get back to my my office. <laughs> By the time I got back, I was like, gosh, I gotta go back and apologize. And so we, by the time I chilled out, I went back, and we we figured it out. But it was her fault. So we, we try and preach with everyone, especially guys at the gym, leave your crap at the door and come in and train and have a good day. So I feel like we just not on that day, but we do a good yeah, job. Yeah, I think literally in, in three years, we've had like yeah. two meltdowns that weren't even meltdowns. But, um, you know, she lets me do my job and, and I let her do hers. And that's part of the you know, part of why the relationship works, there's no way it would work any other way. And, you know, um, so it's, it's a really good, it's a good situation. And, and, and then likewise too, when we get home, we leave that stuff, whatever happened at the gym, at the gym, you know, obviously we talk about our daily routines and that's a big part of it, but, um, usually, you know, there's never any kind of, kind of, uh, rollover from anything happening at the gym or at the house, the gym. So. Mm, sounds really healthy. I love it. Um, what would you say is her best quality as a fighter? Like, what is she super good at that, you know, most fighters don't have? Uh, you know, when she first got here, uh, right off the bat, you know, she had kind of said that she wanted to go all in and, and really focus on fighting and her tenacity and what she, her work ethic, um, you know, she wakes up her schedule, like there's no breaking, like it annoys the hell out of me in my life because she's so planned out. She's always like, what's the plan? What's the this, what's the, and she sticks to it every day. Yeah. I got a bedtime at seven 30 every day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but she sticks to her, like her drive and her dedication to yeah. what she does. Ultimately, you know, she obviously has an awesome skill set and coming from a, 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 you know, kickboxing background, Muay Thai background, her standups amazing and all those things. But people don't realize her grounds, phenomenal too um mm -hmm. but just her, not showed it yet. <laughs> yeah, you showed it you just got yeah. you messed up in the last one her dedication to what she does is probably one of her you know her greatest attributes mm -hmm. the fact that if you know she's got her day planned out goes to all of her workouts trains three four times a day goes back you know she's on this jujitsu kick right now um you know she's doing jujitsu once, twice a day, every, you know, and, and it's, it's crazy how dedicated she is, you know? So, um, once she puts her mind to something, it's, you know, she's going to achieve it and do it. And then obviously the skill sets are already there. It's not hard 
someone you know of her caliber comes to the gym you just have to kind of figure out a different way or what ways work best for the fighter you know and how to mold them a little bit or help them you know mold she already had like all of the 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 ingredients that i would you know want to have as a coach to put together so it was really easy once you lay the, the plan and you say okay here's what we need to do and then you hand it over to them and they do their part and it's it's kick, you know, there's a lot of fighters in this business that I deal with every single day that are ultra talented and ultra lazy or vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's, it's nice to get, you know, and, and at Syndicate, I'd be honest, we've got a lot of really good uh, fighters that are dedicated and, and, and it's, it's showing now our team's really elevating, but you know, um, Jojo's definitely one of the best at that in the gym. Okay, I want to ask you, uh, I've never asked any significant other of a fighter this question before, and I'm super intrigued. What are you going through when she's about to fight? Because you got, you're cornering, right? And and this is a, a unique situation because, you know, not everyone's dating a coach, right, who corners for them. So, so like you're there, you understand the fight game. And you have to be strong for her, right? Because like, it's her moment, but you're like, this is your lady. This is also your client, you know, <laughs> like, like yeah. you train her. So you're, yeah. you're invested from every possible angle. What are you feeling? So I've always had a very, very good ability to disconnect from any kind of emotion. After is the deal where I, I like the emotions, like when, you know, when she was in Abu Dhabi and, and, beat you know when she fought for Andrea like I, I think I, I might have teared up a little bit after that just because there was so much emotion you know like obviously we got our yeah. in the last fight and that was uh, kind of sucked but but afterwards was terrible because we had a lot of you know there was yes you know she passed out her heart rate's at 30 they're telling me that you know the 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 in the ambulance they're making me sit up front and they're telling me that we have to wait for another crew in case she then in case they have to you know defib her and like revive her and bring her back to life it was like at that point it was really bad it was crazy so i was i was uh crapping my pants on that um that wasn't cool you guys are awesome um i could literally go on for another hour i would like to invite you back on the show at another time together um i just started this new segment i got this like Spotify deal. Um, it's called Cage Counselors. And the whole premise Ooh. is where I ask fighters to come on and give people who write in like what they're going through in life advice. So it could range. It's like everyday stuff. It's not really fight related. The idea is for people to get to know you as the beautiful people that you are. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good for me. Okay. Awesome. Um, guys, give us your Instagram handles so people know how to find you. Um, at Badmoreford under slash Jojo. It's bad, bad mofo underscore Jojo in America. It's still working. Yeah. Language barriers. Uh, Bigwood MMA 702. Perfect. Um, All right, guys, thank you so much for coming on the Jenna Ben show. Guys, you can find me at the Jenna Ben show on Instagram and on YouTube. The show airs five times every week on Dash Radio's talk station, starting with 8 p.m. on Tuesdays. These are all Pacific Standard Times, by the way. So Tuesdays at 8 p.m., Thursdays at 9 a.m., Fridays at 9 p.m., Saturdays at 5 p.m., and Sundays at 7 p.m., all Pacific Standard Times. Check me out on YouTube. Lots of goodies every week. And you can see this beautiful couple on there as well. I'll probably split this up into two segments. So, so John, you'll have your own segment. And um, yeah, and we'll see you back on very soon. Have a great week, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you.
Thank you.